here is singer-songwriter, broadcaster, audio-video artist, entertainment agent, and your host for the Dharmic Evolution. It's the master storyteller himself, James Kevin O'Connor. Great to be back on the Dharmic Evolution with you once again. Before we get to today's artist, um, I'd like you to please go to dharmicevolution.com, sign up for your favorite platform, and if you're digging this show, please share it with somebody, either on social media or just forward it to a friend, uh, especially today's show, because it's very valuable. It is a family band, which I've only had a few on, um, and I really enjoy this probably more so uh, than any other um, type of interview just because of the uh, family dynamics and interaction. I, I just love uh, getting involved with that. So we've got uh, Daniel, Anna, and Barbara Bruton. They are Credenda, and they're featuring their new single today, A Bridge in Dixon County. Great song. I know you're going to dig this. We're going to get into all kinds of great conversations, and I especially like the fact that I think it was Barbara said uh, her favorite album was Bob Dylan's Blood on the Tracks. And that happens to be my favorite Bob Dylan album. I think I, I wore the cassette out when, when it first came out uh, many moons ago. So uh, strap up your seatbelts, because we're taking a ride today on the Dharmic Evolution to Nashville, Tennessee, to visit with Credenda. Welcome to the Dharmic Evolution. Thanks for having us, man. Yeah, um, Credenda, the band that I just looked into a couple of weeks ago, I guess it was maybe a month ago, and uh, I was really happy to hear uh, your sound once I saw you released uh, your new single, Bridge in Dixon County, and uh, immediately got this wonderful purity of sound, this very Amer Americana, authentic like really believable sound and was so great to hear that so thank you guys so much for coming on and uh joining us on the dharmic evolution today thank you man so i want to introduce um we have barbara who is the mainstay of this band i guess or, or the uh the, the leader in some capacity of course so if you say no you're not going to get fed <laughs> <laughs> we're all kind of nudging we're each other here so. like yeah <laughs> And then we, we have Daniel um, and uh, on guitar and vocals, and then we have Anna, and I guess you guys are all singers, so uh, yeah. so great to hear you guys and have you here. And uh, tell me, how did this whole band formulate? Did you guys start this as really young kids? Um, or, you know, did mom start this? Like, how did this, this uh, like, come to fruition, this project? Mm. But to be quite honest, uh, it, it starts with mom. Okay. And she was the pioneering songwriter and original member of Credenda. And I should say that we've always had music in the house, right? Yeah. We were all raised with music like Bob Dylan and Neil Young and the like playing uh, throughout <laughs> the house and in the car all the time. I think we had uh, Bob Dylan's Blood on the Tracks playing in the car all the time as well. So uh, it, it kind of started out like she started out as the original songwriter with my older sister, Kat, who's no longer in the band right now. And she brought us in bit by bit as she discovered mm -hmm. we could sing and that we had the ability to perform. And so she's just kind of brought me in. And then Anna was the final piece of the puzzle. 
So I was uh, just walking around the house one day and I heard this voice coming from what was in our rumpus room, right? Shy and quiet. I'd never admit that I like to sing. (laughs) (laughs) And so I heard this voice and I'm like, she can sing and it's an awesome voice too and so i run downstairs and i'm like mom she can sing and so we brought her in and she's the the true i don't think she might be saying this she's the true introverted uh okay. member of the band right yeah. Yeah. but she's also an anchor and kind of keeps mm-hmm. us balanced and so uh we're very grateful for that and yes you guys have <laughs> you, you guys have uh, amazing vocals where did your sound come from? Um, who were you, like, not that you were modeling anybody um, consciously, but we all do it subconsciously, I guess, as we're yeah. growing up. But, um, like, for instance, um, let me put this one to Barbara. Who did yeah. you start to listen to, Barbara, when you started playing music? Like, what were your favorite, you know, people that you gravitated towards their sound? Right, right. Well, um I was um, in school, late 70s, um, listening to all the singer-songwriters, and I was actually um, into Led Zeppelin and uh, the Stones. And um, then I heard uh, a singer called, singer-songwriter called Bob Dylan. I didn't even know who he was, believe it or not. Um, and I started listening to him and became hooked because uh, I was a writer, you know, I loved writing. And uh, so that probably um, shaped the way I write in stanzas and um, a little bit more poetic, you know. Um, But uh, when they say I'm the original member of Credenda, I don't see it that way at all. (laughs) (laughs) I was just a mom, you know. Um, I actually was um, in classical music, uh, one of these prodigy kids that my parents had in uh, lessons from a very young age. And I gave it up in my late teens and went into a nursing program instead of um, following through on my music. And so when we had tons of kids and they all started uh, showing that they were very musical, I just heard of them all together, you know, and we did music together. I would write a bit and they would sing it and, um, and it just evolved. But the sound just produces itself, I think. Yeah. Were you born you in the UK, I mean. Barbara? Were you born in the UK? Um, yes, I was born um, near Newcastle upon Tyne, up in um, the northeast. Okay, okay. I um, yeah, I picked up something on your accent, but and and also the music. You know, I was like so um, crazy about English rock growing up. And, uh, you know, I was like immersed in I had the very first Led Zeppelin album and then all the albums. And then, you know, everybody came out back in those days, you know, it was yeah, like that's true. every yeah. week somebody was launched. And it was uh, a wonderful time for um, music because everything was brand new. Like there was it was such mm-hmm. uncharted territory that, mm-hmm. you know, you could go out three piece and just create these sounds that just like nobody ever heard this stuff before. It was just a wild time. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. I like what you said about, um, about your sound creates itself because you're just going with um, your authentic voices, both metaphorically, emotionally, you know, vocally, everywhere the voice is coming from lyrically. And this is what you guys, you come up with. Um, so how did the name come about mm-hmm. Credenda? <laughs> wow 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 so i didn't have a part to play in the original uh, uh i guess inception of the band name but the name before, 
yeah, we had a name before that. It was called Red River Redemption <laughs> and okay. uh, kind of like a Credence uh, spinoff, you know, that, that kind of idea. Yeah. And um, basically we went for that with that title for a while. And then I don't know, for some reason, we just decided to drop it. It wasn't a super, super unique. And so Anna and my older sister, Kat, were just kind of brainstorming yeah just trying to find out an an interesting possible band title i I felt it didn't feel our flavor in a way you know for some reason at the time and so i had mom look up in the dictionary or she decided to look up in the dictionary (laughs) at all these cool sounding names i don't know how she came Mm. up with a list but she showed me in the end and credenda Mm. was on it and I thought that I just zeroed in on that one. I thought it was the fanciest. What was thing. um? What was Webster's or Oxford's uh, definition of credenda? If you guys remember. Oh uh, well, I I remember uh, reading that it was a creed. You know, it was the okay. plural of creed. Okay. And so it means um, many creeds. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess uh, a layman's definition would be things to be believed. Yeah. You know, and we felt that that was appropriate because a songwriter wants to be believed. Yeah. And um, we just kind of thought it fit, and we liked the pretty sound of it. Um, no, it is. It yeah. is a good name. And and now that I know uh, where it came from, that it's even better. It's more suitable for you guys. And did you guys ever know that the dictionary is one of the greatest tools to use as a songwriter? Yes, it is. I, I just wonder if, if, you know, most people don't seem to be tuned into that. And, um, you know, I've been doing this for a while, like the same thing you guys are doing, and and I find it, you know, even more powerful than a thesaurus or anything like that because it just leads you down so many trails. Like when you you just look up, the, you know, it could be the most simplistic word, and it's like, wow, I never thought of all these, you know. And then I'm on what I call my fractal journeys. I'm breaking off into all these other avenues, and uh, yeah, yeah. Right, all of a sudden right. the song is taking you in a place you never imagined it, it to yeah, go. But, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, does, can I ask you a question? Sure. Because um, I know you're, we've listened to your music too. And, oh, thanks for um, listening. I appreciate really it. really appreciate, yeah, what you've put out. And um, do you use the dictionary? You'll be looking for a word to rhyme with something. And, um, and the word that rhymes with it takes the song in a completely different direction. Yes. That's what I that love, before. the surprises, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and it's like, and, and you can add on to the story by virtue of yeah. the dictionary giving you all these other hints of, well, I didn't know that this word, it's, it's not synonymous with it. It has a whole different, you know, it's, it's sort of same sort of meaning, but it takes you down, it gives you just different lenses, I think, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, mm-hmm. different colors to, to work mm-hmm. with, which, mm-hmm. which I think is, you know, again, it's why songwriting is, is so much fun and it's just a, a craft that is sort of a blessing when you have it, you know? Yeah. It's just yeah, really fun. Sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hey, I caught you guys playing over at Puckets on YouTube. So, <laughs> so yeah. are you, have you, do you play there often? I played there one night. I really enjoyed it. I love the place. Um, yeah. Um, right. Pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool place. Well, I guess I'll go into the history there. Uh, when we first came to Nashville and started exploring the music scene, that was one of the first venues we hit up. And we went to open mic one evening, and it was it's like the Wild West there, especially back in that heyday, man. That, that yeah. was, It's a crazy mm. night, right? 
and we uh, we did our thing and we met the owner of the place rob robinson who's just recently sold it oh did he okay yeah, yeah. i met rob yeah yeah, I mean, very cool guy, very unique, and we, uh, I, I embarrassed myself by literally, like, walking up to him at one point and saying, like, what's your name again? <laughs> <laughs> he probably gets that and, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a very loud place, isn't it? It's very kind of yeah. um, full of energy, and yeah. uh, it gets louder as the night goes on, you know, and they would put us on um, toward the end, and we go on this... Uh, sort of little family, you know, with sweet angelic harmonies. <laughs> right. And it was kind of, kind of interesting. It uh, didn't matter how drunk people were. Everybody just stopped and, and yeah. doing anything. And they'd all turn around from the bar and watch, you know, and listen. So um, we knew that what we were delivering uh, was having an impact. Yeah. In some way, yeah. you know, right. And uh, somebody told us later uh, it, the, that the harmonies bring peace to them. I think there's something about harmony when um, musicians put harmony together. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's and it's also the colors of your voices, too. They just blend oh, really, okay. really beautifully. And I think Thank that's you. what just stops people in their tracks because, uh, oh. you know, they, everybody gets tired of hearing the Marshall cranked up to 10 after a while, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Like yeah, so. <laughs> so we did our thing. We, I mean, we mm. played our, our songs and uh, we made such an impression on Rob. He actually ran after us out into the parking lot to invite us to uh, his band, Heavy Drunk, you know, one of their shows they were playing. Mm -hmm. And so that's where that relationship sort of started. And we, we tapered off going there for a while and kind of explored Nashville and more of the music scene. And then uh, in 2020, we started going back again. This is after the pandemic broke out and we took a break from playing shows for a while and kind of started putting our feelers back out and the the mc debbie pratt invited us back so we're like okay let's do it yeah, yeah. and so we got uh, approached after going again to the open mic for a while we got approached by rob after he heard us in the back rehearsing there's only one place in puckers to rehearse man that's by right the by the freezer and <laughs> right by the toilet so <laughs> like in the corner you know working out harmonies with all the loud music yeah. going on in the background and he was right there and he he said hey, you guys want to do a show and like that's how he does things right we were singing we were rehearsing his favorite bob dylan song yeah. at the time and i think his um gra grandmother or mother his mother just was caught at the time had yeah. just caught covid mm -hmm. and um oh, you know it was really? the beginning of all that and uh and so he was taken again with the harmony and started giving us shows there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What a green room, huh? I mean, they got to work on that. Quite. <laughs> yeah, lots of um, sound effects come in, you know, after the music. Yeah. Entertain the line waiting for the bathroom. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, I think this is a good time to introduce uh, your single to everybody out there. So I want you guys to uh, turn this up a little bit at home and listen to a bridge in Dixon County. Here we go. <laughs> Turned over slow 
This was a really, really good song. Um, can you tell me about the inspiration of where this came from? Because even when I saw the title, I said, hmm, that is a, a very alluring and inviting title, you know. And I didn't even know you guys were from Nashville or the Nashville area. And uh, that's why I, I think I sent you a, a note, uh, Daniel, <laughs> you know, saying, uh, is this in Tennessee? You know, and yeah. Said, yeah, 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 and then then I found out you guys. So, so how did how did this uh, song come to to have a life of its own? Well, that this one is on me actually. Just yeah. um, I wrote this song, and I can remember the day. Uh, now uh, you understand this as a songwriter, or maybe you you write completely differently. But I get inspiration um, in the way, oh, I just want to sit down at the keys. You know, I just want to sit down and see what comes out. Yeah. And so I went in all on my own and um, started doing a chord progression, which is the chord progression that came out. And um, I write a story started coming into my head and it, it, I didn't have any plan at all. No plan. It just evolved. 
as as I wrote it. And then um, I thought about, and this is all before um, COVID and before the political, um, things have got really political in the country. Yeah. Um, and I'm just thinking about um, somebody's uh, been living really, really well. And then uh, you never know, um, in a split second, somebody can lose everything and find themselves homeless you know, and um, on a bridge in Dixon County, looking like trash, you know, yeah. to the side. And um, and the person that comes to help him, the usual people you think would help, don't mm -hmm. in the daytime. But then at nighttime, a woman comes out running, you know, a crazy lady, she's running late at night and um and she's a different race too. Yeah. And it's very subtle in the song. Some some people pick it up some people don't you know uh the, the guy his his pale skin you know glistened and then her uh, there's a um a, a reference to her dark skin um and i so basically i wasn't um trying to do a race thing i was just trying to the the, the most unusual um character helps somebody else yeah you know and it's a female when she's at the most vulnerable in the middle of the night um, and he doesn't look like her, you know, and yeah. it's people helping people, um, just humanity, helping humanity. Great effort. And That's how it evolved. Yeah, yeah in Nashville, uh, the area of Nashville, just from my own experience there, uh, is full of that. You know, there's a lot of mm -hmm. people that go out of their way for one another, which is, uh, you know, yeah. so nice to see. Yeah. yeah. Really good. Mm -hmm. um, I want to ask uh, Anna this question. So, Anna, tell me about you and your heroes in music uh, that inspired oh. you as you were growing up. Gosh, heroes in music. I, I think my parents, really, because they oh. oh, that's awesome. You know, I'm not she got the it. PC answer. No, I, yeah. really, I really mean that. I really mean that. I wasn't this kid, this millennial that would be glued to my phone growing up. I loved books and literature and the influence of my parents that they brought in the house with the music and just family culture was important to me. We need and, more of uh, you. Their influences are mine and pretty much that's about it. We have jazz in the family. Yeah. My grandpa was a jazz musician um, and that's inspired me a lot, though I can't think of names right now. I just right. love the sound of jazz and for her, it's more about the sound of the song yeah. and, and yeah. the vibe it's giving off, right? So it could be any genre. Yeah, yeah. genres, uh, like you guys said earlier, you know, your genre found you, I think. You know, mm -hmm. you didn't go looking yeah. for it. Yeah. You didn't need to. It just, you know, there it is. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. so <laughs> as far as uh, when, when you first knew, Annie, you had this beautiful voice, was there a, was there a certain moment where you just one day said, Damn, I'm pretty good at this. <laughs> no, uh, to be honest, I wanted to be able to sing like all the pop stars and everything. I thought I sounded like a warbly old woman, but I, but I enjoyed singing for real. Yeah, I enjoyed singing, yeah. but I was too introverted to be out there. Yeah. So I would sing myself or just envision a different person in my head, you know, to console me and how I really felt about myself. Mm -hmm. But it took my family to really bring me out of myself. And it's been a journey since then, yeah. trying to come mm. out of myself. It still is, really. But don't you find that many um, people with talents such as yourself 
um, have that going on. It's like um, very introverted, except music gives you that escape uh, portal to just go through and say, I don't have to really be anybody but who I want to be now because I just stepped out, I unzipped and stepped out of the old me and it's like, (laughs) I I can get away with anything because I'm performing. I'm just starting to learn that now, yeah. Yeah, it is, but it's so great for, um, you know, fueling your creative juices, you know, further because it brings you to those points where I, I can just, I can just get away with things, not just get away with things, but elevate your art to different levels, constantly moving up into different areas you never thought you could go, you know? And Michael Jackson was a perfect example. I mean, he was such Mm -hmm. an introvert offstage, but extroverted onstage. Mick Jagger's another one, you know? He's like, you know, he's like so chill and just, you know, like relaxed and down to earth. But um, one of the reasons he, he was so animated on stage was, I think he was he was interviewed one time and he he said, you know, just imagine if you're sitting in seat number 700 way in the back. He says, I'm trying to play to those people. To that guy. So yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm a lunatic, uh-huh. of course, but I'm trying to make them, <laughs> yeah. them enjoy the show, you know. So a yeah. lot of a lot of pragmatism there, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So let me ask you guys about uh, writing and how, like, Barbara, you shared um, about what you do with the writing. Um, Daniel, how about with you? Is it, is it a, what is your um, process for how you create, how you come up with sounds? Honestly, for me, it always starts with a melody. I am a compositional guy first and foremost, and I, I always hear uh, hook lines. I'm also a big believer in the hook lines, so I have a great respect for Paul McCartney and uh, people. Actually, the Beatles are a perfect example of that because they always oh, had a yeah. chorus, you know. Yeah. And even if people don't remember the verses when they hear a song for the first time, they remember, oh yeah, you know, I know that chorus. It's like, hey Jude, everyone's waiting for the na 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 at the end, <laughs> yeah. you know. And so that's kind of what I, I aim to do at first. So I'll, I'll kind of build everything around that melody and the lyrics just kind of incidentally fall into it. And uh, mom was the original lyricist, but she kind of gave me the self-belief that I could start contributing in that department. So I've been doing it a lot more recently. So, <clears throat> so when you guys are coming up with things, do you come up with ideas individually and then bring them together? Like for instance, um, Bridge and Dixon County came out that way yeah. simply because, you know, Barbara had this great idea, but yeah. as, as an ongoing um, contribution to the band, um, yeah. do you guys start like kind of on your own and then bring it together or do you just ever That's, sit yeah. and write together? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty much like the Beatles did it. So yeah. like yeah. It, either Lennon or McCartney would write the, would have the core ingredients and then bring it to the band and it would come through the filter. Right. Yeah. So with us, it's pretty much the same thing. Uh, there's this one we do called uh, it's snowing in East Nashville. And that is one of those songs where we, it actually was a true co-write. We sat mm-hmm. in one spot and just kind of came up with verses and uh, different melody structure and it, it yeah but most well, of it, it it started with the, the i came up with the chord progression yeah. took it to anna who came and up the, with the melody and, and the way i already had the lyrics mm-hmm. and i gave them to anna no melody at all i played the chord progression and she sang over yeah the chord progression. That's how the melody came around. And then Daniel gets a hold of it. He comes in and he starts arranging. Um, he's yeah. great at um, arranging the way we should 
We kind of filled song. what yeah. I did as I added some through the filter and it all came out as a finished product. Yeah. So that's credenda in a nutshell, pretty much. Yeah. Good job, Anna. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. tell me, where did you guys, before you got to Nashville, where were you living? Did, so how, like, how long have you been there? We were living in Idaho, so in the Treasure Valley, just outside of Boise. And that was actually nearly 10 years. If we'd been there a little bit longer, it would have been 10 years straight. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the our musical journey kind of started there. And we were mentored by Tom about Steve. Yeah, and I'll go into that a little bit. So uh, we joined a uh, songwriters association, the Idaho, the Idaho Songwriters mm -hmm. Association in 2015 and started going to that. And the first night we went there, we met uh, a guy by the name of Steve Eaton who is a singer songwriter he played in a band throughout the 70s and then uh, moved to nashville after the band fell apart and he uh worked there pretty much i think yeah he was yeah. working as a full-time writer there for a bit and he ended up writing songs for the carpenters the righteous brothers and so he was actually pretty in demand so he i think he has the honor of writing the carpenters last big hit and that was like it's a dirty old chain that all you get from love is a love song or, you know, it's one of, yeah. one of the, the very last ones. Yeah. 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 And so that kind of, uh, it was a big, big hit for him. And, uh, so the night we go to the, yeah. So we met him that first night and we walk up on stage and start singing and he was kind of slouched over mm -hmm. in his seat, you know, just kind of relaxed and enjoying <laughs> the evening. And then all of a sudden he started perking up and he's like, Whoa. And he started sick, you know, looking around mm -hmm. at his friends in the room, like, you know that this is this is good and so uh that's it started that relationship and he ended up saying uh you guys should try out nashville mm -hmm. it's perfect for you they got a great uh there's there are a lot of harmony groups down there a lot of americana and folk you should see what it's mm -hmm. like and so that leads to the next big story which is basically like a book's worth of many stories in one right <laughs> uh we we drove to nashville and in our Ford F-150. Yeah. Everybody, we packed everything in my old truck, a literally old truck. And um, my husband stayed at home to pay the bills, you know, with the dog. <laughs> and um, Daniel, we, I have two autistic sons also, very okay. high functioning Asperger's. Mm -hmm. Okay, and we yes. Jonathan playing on the Cajon in any, if anybody looks at our stuff online, he'll be there. He's um, autistic. Uh, but he's able, he's, he's a brilliant musician too, you know, so what's, anyway, what's uh, but at the time in he's Daniel's wedged between his two autistic brothers and, uh, 2000 drive across country, it got pretty, you know, they would have the meltdowns and the this and the that. And uh, just imagine so, driving through Wyoming and Nebraska, <laughs> all prairie, you know, there's nothing yeah. like you're. It got pretty laborious after a while, but um, you can pick yeah. it up there. Well, no, we somebody had given us a bunch of essential oils, and they said it's better than Prozac, one particular mix, you know. And we were, <laughs> at first, they were for, for my autistic sons, but by the end, we were dousing ourselves all over with it, you know. And um, We have to explain to people, yeah. like, because uh, we'll we have roller bottles, right, that we apply. So, so nice. like, we'll be sitting in, uh, I don't know. Like no drugs. Public, public, no public yeah. place. <laughs> we'll be like doing this all over you know like like no we're, 
we're not using anything yeah. weird, you know. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, we actually got to St. Louis. We made it as far as St. Louis. We and we ran out of resources, ran out of everything, and just didn't know what to do. So we're sitting in a Denny's late night in St. Louis. Midnight. I uh, just kind of yeah. trying to. De- deliberate right and so this really nice waitress who's just bringing us coffee you know it's denny she's kind of bringing us coffee noticed that it looked like we needed it right and uh we started talking to her and she came up with the she came out with this statement oh yeah the murder rate's really bad in st louis you know at the time it's like top five in the country yeah. we had no idea we yeah. were thinking of sleeping in our truck <laughs> that night we oh, had nowhere man. to go and we'd never slept in a vehicle before and so i say that seriously because it began to dawn on us what life is like for a lot of people you know who have the privilege of having a vehicle to sleep in so long and the short of it is that made our decision for us and anna who had just passed her driver's test like two weeks two weeks before that uh ended up speeding through like a night at night time yeah yeah it was like arkansas a little bit of arkansas we made it to west memphis we thought it was you know Memphis. Memphis in Tennessee was right across the river. Yeah. And uh, we stopped off at a, a Motel 6, which is apparently infamous. Also, we had no idea. So we were all crammed into this one room <laughs> and uh, we made it through the night, you know. Uh, but the police were there all night. There was some <laughs> somebody who was arrested on the right and somebody who's arrested on the left. <laughs> There's like and pop so, cards out. Um, yeah. But. But and, think- and that is the life for a lot of people. And so it was good for us mm-hmm. to actually get out of the suburbs and experience yeah. that, you know. But there's yeah. a there's a lot yeah. in that that you know, that whole road trip that we could cover. But man, I don't know if we can yeah. fit it in one nope. podcast. Nope. Think think of <laughs> uh, I'm sure all of the uh the songs have not yet even been written about that journey yet, you know. No. Which will which be coming out for for years, years and years. <laughs> So, so how has the transition been from it's it's such a different place, Idaho to to the Nashville area? How is um, you know, how's it been for you guys? Well, we like it a lot. Yeah, it's very different. Obviously, you know the climate and everything. I mean, um, the snowmageddon. The birds were so loud when we got here. It seemed like there were none in Idaho at all when we got here. Just little things like that. But it's Mm -hmm. lovely here. It's a good place to be with our music yeah. a lot of leads mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. led us to a lot of good places yeah mm-hmm. being here in a lot of ways i mean there are some cultural things moving to the south there are some things you have to adjust to but they've all been good adjustments for me yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I, mean, I, I know the uh adjusting to the to the uh snow was difficult for me because I left New Jersey to come to Nashville and the snow followed me. And everybody's saying, like, <laughs> like what the hell happened? What are you doing here? You brought, you brought all the snow with you? Got a cloud with yeah. you. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was crazy. And it hasn't stopped since. I mean, it's been, it's been very erratic weather, but it's been like that all over the world, really. Um, so I want to I just introduce this next one. It's called Far Side of the River. Everybody check this out.
wonders Should I spend my time that's left With feelings unexpressed Look out the window in the distance I can see another human soul On the same pathway as me the way this uh intro starts out with the guitar riff and uh yeah. another great song um so who's responsible for this one or is it all a collective effort again where did it come <laughs> I mean, no, from? It, it, this is funny. the two we sent yeah. you these are these are mom yeah. songs I, oh. I wrote that one too um i had been doing most of the writing when we first went to nashville but i had seen a documentary on somebody going off the grid they called it and i watched with fascination as they depended on from scratch nothing there and they've got to create everything they need you know dig a well for the water and and yeah and go on like that um <clears throat> and this story is a, a story started forming in my mind about a man um or it could be a woman um who uh they've gone off the grid but they uh, remember life is about relationships and they um, start to remember important relationships they had. And um, they start making a move to, in their mind, to wanting to re-engage with society again and community. And so that's basically what that's about. Right. I, I, I do, we do write some funny songs. We have some light songs, but that, that's what that one was about. Tell me about your recording process. Um, how do you guys get set for recording? Are you doing it all like on your own, your own home studio? Do you go into a studio? 
um, production? How does this all work to get your songs like completed? Well, uh, I have to give full credit to our engineer slash producer, John McClure. So we met him. I should rewind a little bit here. When we did our first EP, which Far Side of the River is from, uh, our friend uh, Kim McLean, who actually produced the album and is a Grammy-nominated, Dove Award-winning songwriter. Um, a lot of people will know her as Kim Patton. That's what she was called when she came to town. Uh, we had the, uh, the blessing of meeting her uh, right before we left from our first scouting trip. We were about to leave town and go back to Idaho, and we met mm -hmm. her at uh, the Blue Bar, which is now shut down on Broadway. And she was in a writer's round. We were blown away by how good she was. And uh, her son uh, came over at the end of the night when we had done our open mic performance and gave uh, the contact details, you know, mm -hmm. so they and contacted us much later when we gone back to Idaho saying you want to play a show. I don't think she realized we were from mm -hmm. out of town. So that started a process of, of, you know, like we eventually made the big move and we connected with her. We did this, ended up doing this EP. And so back to John McClure, uh, that, that's the engineer uh, she used. And he was so good and so warm. And he's one of these guys that just makes you feel totally relaxed. He's yeah. a former theology professor at Bandy, Vanderbilt. Okay. And so that was his day job, right? But he was moonlighting as an engineer. And now that's kind of his full-time thing now that's that he's retired. retired. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, we loved the first experience so much doing the EP that we decided to go with him again. And he's, we traveled up to Louisville where he retired to and uh, cut that single, which was really, really fun. But um, I would say casual. If I had to go with a word for our recording process, it's casual. We're not yeah. like, you know, like, I want to do that again. Do it again, you know. Really. doing vocal bits yeah. over and over till it's just <laughs> perfect a lot of our best work is done like one take jake style like we're right you know go if we can if we yeah. can yeah. yeah but i've got to give credit to kim mclean i don't know if you know her at all if you ever met her in i don't Nashville. think so i don't um, think so yeah she's had a, she's had about 400 cuts and been quite successful wow um, uh, written some great songs you know but but anyway she read us like a book and she knew that uh, the, the kind of place we needed to record in as a family where we'd be um relaxed yeah and as uh, she read the family dynamics too and so that was part of the process mm -hmm. and uh john mcclure understands us too and so when we went to record the single, Dixon County, uh, we took Jonathan, um, Daniel's brother, for the cajon. And um, he was brilliant with Jonathan, you know, as uh, he knew how to handle special needs. Yeah. Uh, and, and he was just built him up. And, you know, so that is also part of the process. Very relaxed. Yeah. Totally relaxed. Um, yeah. We don't need the high power. We've had offers actually <laughs> from, um, uh, there's a famous producer around Leapers Folk who wants to record us. Um, but we don't think we do very well there. You know, right. we, mm -hmm. um, it's got nothing to do with him. Well, it does in a way how we would interact. And actually, I'll um, point to some like major bands. A, a yeah. lot of uh, artists such as Elvis, they had one producer that they went to repeatedly because they liked mm -hmm. working with that person so much. Yeah. yeah. And we're, we're kind of like that, you know, um, maybe at some point we'll start working with different people. But at the moment, we're trying to kind of keep it consistent. Yeah, yeah. it is a family uh, kind of a feeling. Um, yeah. The first time I went down to Nashville, 
you know, complete stranger and, and worked with a really talented producer and engineer. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we got the cast together and we stayed together for more than three albums later, three full length albums later. And it it just got better and better because, you know, uh, not only were they so talented and so uh, warm and welcoming, but everybody gets to know each other. You know, and it's like, it's like, it's like you said, it's like a family thing. It's like fun, you know, to look forward to seeing, you know, your musical brethren, you know, it's really, really cool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So let me ask, um, what do you guys like to do when it's non-musical? Let me start with Anna, since you're furthest away from the microphone, I like to keep calling you out and singling you out. Um, what do you I like should, to do? I should answer that because you. Okay, what's to, the question again? What, what you like to do? When what do you like to do when you're not doing? Music? You know, chill time. Oh, you said you like to uh, read. Uh, I know. In the kitchen, probably. Yeah, baking. cooking. Cooking, yeah. I wow. Like to create things mm-hmm. in the kitchen. Awesome. Yeah. So, give me a couple. Get me ready for dinner here. Give me a couple of your faves, because. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. Okay. So just. With our family dynamics, um, <laughs> having special needs, quick and easy is like the thing. So casseroles or spaghetti, okay. you know, yeah. meatballs. Spaghetti and meatballs. Up. I had that last night, and it's just an old fave. And, you know, it was so funny. I hadn't thought about it in years and years. I had COVID really bad like like two years ago. Oh, and yeah. I just stayed home. I was fine because I'm a runner and my lungs were fine, but I was really sick, you know, for like yeah. three or four weeks. Yeah. And the weirdest thing... Like when I finally got my appetite back, I started yeah. thinking about spaghetti and meatballs. Like, where is, I felt like I was nine again. That's like, good. you know, it's, it's like comfort. When you, get, when you get that craving in your head, man, it's oh, like yes. all you can't get it out, right? Yeah, and like applesauce. It's our house anytime. Like, you would love it. Yeah, yeah. it's very, very relaxed. Yeah. So, so that's that's, that's kind of chill. So, so Daniel, how about you? Do you like to? Um, get out and hike? Do you like to, what do you do when you, you're away from music that you just like to enjoy yourself and do things? So my, my natural mm-hmm. bent is, uh, they, <laughs> she said sedentary in the past. So, uh, it's like, you always sit. No, but, <laughs> oh, no, no. Well, he's a guitar player. <laughs> I'm a huge noir fan. So uh, okay. TCM has this thing called Noir Alley. And it's it's like every weekend they, they feature a new noir film, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I just love the, the style. So I'm a very, very mood-based watcher and listener. And so, yeah, it's, I don't know. Credit, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I think everybody needs to, like, you know, no matter how much you do music and love it and everything, I think a break from anything and everything is really yeah. healthy, you know, just to get yourself um, yeah. away yeah. from yeah. it. And yeah. sometimes it's like uh, if I take a break for like I, I usually play every single day and write something, <laughs> you know, but mm-hmm. so, once in a while I'll take like a week off and I'll come back and I'll go, how did I just play like one of the hardest pieces and played it really well? <laughs> and it's yeah. like, you know, I do it every yeah. day and I'm stumbling all over myself and I, I don't know how that, how that works. You know, but I'm glad it does. <laughs> so, how about yeah, you, yeah. Barbara? What do you like to do, Barbara? Oh, um, besides pull out the old boy, vinyl Zeppelin um, albums, right? And, yeah. <laughs> what do I like to? You know, I can't even think what I. I, <laughs> what do you, I don't know what I like to do. <laughs> You're a workaholic. I'm a workaholic, yeah. so I tend to. Um, we work from home, and um, I 
I've always believed that you should order your day, you know, and, and so basically mm-hmm. I sometimes work about um, 10 or more hours a day on yeah. the band stuff. Um, so when that's, I can't, I'll be walking around the house like a teenager oh, with my phone. I will and, also yeah. insert she loves Hallmark movies. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. she does get her quiet time. Yeah, um, I watch those at a weekend um, <laughs> because they're just so like, Nothing really happens. And everybody's a secret you know, Hallmark movie fan. So like she over Christmas, uh, <laughs> last Christmas, I was just, mm. you know, I'd see her watching them and I and I kind of walk in and I'd be like, well, what's this? And then after a while, like she see all these new Hallmark movies getting recorded and she's like, are you watching these? And I'm like, no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, the, the number of musicians that have admitted they I like watching them because of the aesthetics. I look at ideas for um create the house, creative <laughs> stuff. And i I think they've got to deal with Walmart because I'll see, oh, that's our, that's mug. our mug. You yeah. know, yeah. we've got that one. And and stuff like that. But I like to songwrite. I just go in. That's basically what I probably do. And is, she's she's our yeah. marketer. Yeah. So she's our our mm. marketing and promo person right now. Yeah. So uh, all the posters and stuff like that, that's actually something she loves to do. She loves to design yeah. those things. So I know why people get the big bucks for that now, you know. Yeah. In fact, that little video that we put together on um, YouTube for Dixon County, um, I did on my iMovie app. It took me eight hours. I wow. spent eight hours changing photos, looking for free photos, you know, just the whole yeah. thing. And I understood why people get paid a lot in that, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. It's a, um, it's a lot to, I used to do, I was a final cut maniac for a couple of years and I, I haven't done much lately, but uh, it does take so much time, you know, just to get it right yeah, and, yeah, sca- you know, yeah. scale it with the, the music perfectly and get the moods right and everything. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. it is fun though. <laughs> it is fun. Yeah. yeah. So I love to write. I think that's basically and stuff yeah. like she's that. She's got a few yeah. things, but she's so uh, involved in, we're all involved in so much in, in yeah. day-to-day credenda stuff that, you know, when people ask us like, what do you like to do besides music? And then I always have this saying that musicians don't have a social life in general. Like, right. you know, we, we sort of make time to do things at, at, you know, in periods throughout the day, but- uh, working on the farmhouse session. Yeah, too. we've got yeah. a couple things uh, we're doing right now. I'll touch on briefly. Um, uh, there are a couple of uh, house concert series that we're doing. One is the farmhouse sessions. So this is kind of a unique Americana experience where it's it's kind of like a writer's mm-hmm. round where the writers are sitting around in a yeah, circle. Right. You know? We clear our dining room. And yeah. it's an, we live in a farmhouse, so it, it's oh, nice. 100 years old. It's pretty fantastic. It's a little bit yeah. potluck, a little bit writer's round, a community event, and it's unplugged, no sound systems, so it's very intimate. And we love that. So and we invite yeah. the locals in. The, you know our friends yeah oh, and we're doing great. another we're doing another thing called the gospel hour also a very very stripped down very intimate and it, we're, we're finding we like that you were mentioning we found our musical yeah. identity we kind of found our way into our sound and that's our setting but it was yeah. Rob Robinson at Puckett who put us, we weren't looking for the gospel hour, it found us. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't even know what the gospel hour was in the mm-hmm. South. Apparently it's a, a traditional thing that they used to have at a certain time. Yeah. And okay. Rob Robinson, he grew up with that and he always had it at Puckett's on a mm-hmm. Sunday. And he said, I think you guys would be perfect for it. And we were a bit nervous and we were very successful mm-hmm. um, till the new owner bought it and he decided he didn't want the gospel hour anymore. Oh, He's going for more bad. slick Nashville, you know, um, 
more along the lines of a yeah. kind of like a Commodore Grill or a uh, yeah. That's Cafe, too that's, that's too bad because that place had a, a vibe all of its own, you know. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, listen, this so. you guys you guys are doing all the right things. Like you said, these things are finding you, you know, and that's uh, yeah, yeah. The Lord has a way of doing that, doesn't he? Right, <laughs> yes. he certainly yeah. does. Yeah. All right. So as we're as we're winding down here, I just want to um, see if you guys would like to either collectively or individually um, just say anything as far as a sign off, uh, a say goodbye, anything you would like to say to our listening audience out there in many many countries, and uh, even if you would like to give some um, some inspirational wisdom to any of the up and coming younger. Uh, singer songwriters and musicians out there mm-hmm. anybody want to yeah. take this or all of you you're, you're welcome well I guess I'll take it uh, okay. my uh, sign off I guess if I had one is thank you so much for having us <laughs> I mean this has been oh. a pleasure connecting <laughs> with you and uh, to all the Dharmic mm-hmm. Evolution listeners out there this I hope you guys enjoy this interview and I hope that uh we weren't too off the rails. <laughs> Not at all. But no, it's a pleasure. We love doing this. And my inspiration to any any up-and-coming songwriter that's just hit up Nashville or is just trying to make it in music in general is keep at it. Be patient with yourself. You grow. Uh, always have a circle of friends around you, even if it's just one to two people that kind of anchor you you know and have conviction uh, don't all don't go for a deal just when it's offered to you because sometimes it's not the right decision to make so be patient be patient and just keep at it it will happen yeah so choice words of wisdom um barbara daniel anna thank you so much for being a part of the normal evolution i really appreciated you guys coming by to share your stories your wisdom your sense of humor your music and i just want to uh, offer all of god's blessings on you your music and your family moving forward likewise man thank, thank you. you we've really enjoyed it thanks so much Well, that was one enjoyable hour for me. I know you guys felt the same way. Please check out the show notes for everything Credenda. And this is the place for indie music. Up-and-coming artists are here all the time. That's a wrap for me today. I'm your host for the Dharmic Evolution, James Kevin O'Connor. So until the next time, when we meet again, I'll either see you on the socials or I'll see you from the stage. Ride on, ride on, baby, won't you take a ride with me? If wishes were windows, I'd open one and find That freedom is really a simple state of mind So ride on, ride on, baby, won't you take a ride with me?
Mr. 